There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Andor Report. Clung, clung, clung. <laughs> Podcast uh, grappler. 
<laughs> the podcast grappler. That is the sound of an audio reckoning. Yeah, yeah, an audio only reckoning. Sure. Uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person making wonderful grappling noises is Ken Napsock, and we are here to discuss Andor episode four, Aldani. Uh, this is very fun. Uh, our first episode, covering the first three episodes, we, uh, at least I'll speak for myself, I was not aware yet of the titles. So I'm very happy that these episodes do indeed have titles. Did you have any reaction to that, Ken, when you turned on Disney Plus this week? I'm like, hey, titles. <laughs> yeah, it's unfair. And it wasn't just the screeners. It was it was not up on Disney Plus that night. Those titles were not there. Unless I'm crazy. <laughs> Unless you're crazy, and no, I'm crazy. Uh, so some people pointed out, I saw, maybe not even us, but I was like, oh, I guess people at screeners didn't get the titles. No, it was, no one got the titles until like Thursday. Uh, but I loved it. I loved the reveal of it. Glad there's a title here this week. Uh, you know, I was fine without them, I guess, but I love having them there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm very happy with them. And I'm also kind of happy because I think they are great, elegant titles. Uh, but they don't have that sort of multi-layered meaning, in, in my opinion, uh, that the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett titles have. So I also don't feel the need to super spend a bunch of time discussing them. <laughs> you know what? These ones are more like song titles. Where like the episode two was That Would Be Me, which comes from his conversation with Marva. And that's almost like the song title comes from a line in the second verse that just captures the vibe. Like, I just kind of like that. The other ones truly are, especially the Clone Wars, when you dive into the morals, like there's a lot there. These ones, yeah, this is Aldani. This has a lot to do with Aldani. I'll take it's it. the yeah the spirit of Aldani. It's happening on Aldani. Why is why is the song Paradise City called Paradise City? It's the thing they say the most. It's what it's about. So there. Uh, also wanted to say in the week since we had our first Andor report uh, that I discovered that uh, StarWars.com is indeed doing episode guides. Uh, as we record, the one for episode four is not up, uh, but it's got some trivia galleries with some great clarifications. Uh, including uh, a great clarification on the uh, much-discussed Separatist symbol. Did you see this, Ken? I did, and I admit to some confusion, still trying to figure it out, turning to Alex Damon a lot and going, but what now? Uh, and it was interesting. And also, just like that it was addressed. Yeah, no, I was thrilled, and and I was thrilled that it was uh, similar to what I guessed it might be, that it yeah. is, that, that, uh, event is before uh, the Clone Wars have broken out. So whatever mm -hmm. that symbol is, Marva uh, believes it means Republic, uh, but soon it is going to mean something else. I'm very excited by that because I think it makes it just kind of interesting storytelling to start from that perspective of even before the Clone Wars, somebody who had a real plot problem with the Republic and aware that the Republic was doing things uh, that mm -hmm. were not necessarily moral, you know? Yeah, and, and and tracks with the uh, the line we always reference been the fight since '06, and also a little bit of uh, you know uh, we're looking at some clarification uh, on his age, uh, which I'm <laughs> I'm fine with. Uh, I know it's it, that's probably the most confusing part. I'm doing a lot of finger counting. Okay, thirteen. Okay, for five years, BBY, and, and uh, you know that'll uh, all come or well or that's it, right? <laughs> This, yeah. That could be it. And the rest is inferred. We'll see. Here, here's what I'm doing, Ken, when it comes to age, like uh, in, in years and exactly mm -hmm. what happened when, right? We know the Clone Wars was three years. Uh, we know that this is happening uh, five years before uh, A New Hope. So we can do the the math there. There's 19 years between the end of the Clone Wars and mm -hmm. uh, A New Hope. So there's plenty of math to play with. The variable that right now is garbage is 
Cassian's age, right? Because yeah. uh, it, it was the various reference guides of Rogue One that set him as like 25, 26, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and look, now that we know that a part of those reference guides are actually lies uh, to cover things up, if you're already lying about where you were born, why not shave 10 years off your life? <laughs> Hey. I'm not. I'm not taking uh, Cassian's stated age uh, is for is true. No more. It's like his uh, IMDb page. That's not his age or height. Uh, height. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I'm with you on that, and uh, I like that this show has turned at least that section of the visual guides and dictionaries into dinner theater, where we're all playing along. We're playing along with Marva. Exactly, exactly. And it was great in that trivia gallery that that was acknowledged as well. It's like, what was said in this uh, in this guide has <laughs> been revealed to be a cover for Cassian. So we're in a yeah. brave new era where uh, we're going to have to make some guesses about whether we trust the visual dictionaries. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we are going to get into episode four, titled Aldani, written by Dan Gilroy, directed by Susanna White, about 40 minutes of actual storytelling. Oh, we always like to set the scene. Ken, did you have any specific ritual when you sat down to watch it? Did you watch right at midnight? What was your experience this week? Yeah, I watched right at midnight. Nothing specific. Usually I either work right up to it or try to get a baseball game in before I uh, go in uh, into Star Wars mode again after a long day of work. Uh, but I'll tell you this, uh, I was just downright excited, giddy even, as uh, one might say. And I'm glad that you and I decided, we took that pact to not watch the fourth episode ahead of time. We did have access, fortunate to have that. You and I held hands like Thelma and Louise and said, we're not doing this or we're doing this together. And we didn't, we held off. We honestly did. I was really excited. The patience uh, paid off. Yeah, no, I was really uh, happy to have a, some new and or uh, when my brother and I were kids, we would get candy and I always, always eat mine right away. And he would, he would save his, and then he would stare at me, you know, days later when he ate the candy going, didn't you, don't you wish you had saved it? Uh, so I felt like I had saved my and or candy and it was great. <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I, I really love that the midnight ritual. So I was very happy uh, to get back to that. I poured myself a, a little whiskey. Uh, I bought a Cassian and or a vintage collection figure. So Cassian and some whiskey and I sat down mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to uh, watch and or. And it was a great uh, midnight experience. You know, I really try not to uh, pause. I don't put the captions on the first time around. I just try mm-hmm. to let it wash over me. And then often I just try to write down my thoughts and then go to bed. This one finished, and I said, I need to rewatch Mothma and her garbage husband scene again (laughs) immediately. And I went to bed so excited, so thrilled, and and so hopeful that uh, Mothma can find her way out of that marriage. (laughs) A lot of people have that uh, thought already. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you, too. I I always uh, uh, I don't I don't do the subtitles as much, uh, but I did on the on the viewings this morning. I've watched the episode Mm -hmm. three times now, which we don't say to like brag. It just means that we get up too early and have breakfast too early while watching Star Wars again. We'll take a note. But yeah, I went to bed uh, really, really thinking about this and really going, all right, what, you know, what are the themes? Because it's a different kind of episode. Uh, uh, It's a lot of whispered uh, machinations, a lot of intense conversations. So it's like, all right, I got to pull it out. And what word keeps jumping out? What what themes are falling out of it? And there was a, I I did not sleep well, but in a good one. (laughs) Yes, uh, it's always great when Andor can disturb your dreams. Uh, So what was your overall reaction? Did you uh, love this particular chapter? Like it? Struggle with it? Uh, How did you feel about it in the big picture? 
I love you. What you said, the episode's about 40 minutes. We'll just say 40 minutes minus the credits or so, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love 39 minutes and 50 seconds of this episode. <laughs> and then you got 10 struggled. seconds of beef. I got 10 to 15 seconds of beef and legit beef. Uh, we'll talk about it. But hot dab, this was great stuff. And it was only talking. This was a Star Wars walk and talk. Somewhere Sorkin's going, can I get in on this stuff? <laughs> this was walk and talk. It was all that kind of stuff that was gripping, riveting, all those kind of flashy uh, critic words. We can throw them up there. And I'll just start. We'll go into it. I'll pitch it back to you there. Um, I didn't like the ending. I, I, meaning I, I loved it, the episode. And I cannot wait. And next week, Weeks from now, years from now, when I sit down and binge this show, which I will, and I get, before anyone says, I understand the doing arcs. It's like the Clone Wars. It's like Rebels. I got it. I got it. I, I, I was so, I heard it. I heard the music. I felt the vibe. And I was like, those bleepers are going to end on, yep, there it is. <laughs> oh, and I just, I got to, I'm going to be, I thought it was a little pretentious. I think that I was like, they know, we, they know what they're doing to us. And that's dangerous. But that said, holy bleep. I love this episode. Do you feel like it's pretentious from the perspective of, of we know you want more and we're not going to give you more? We're going to kind of cut you I, off uh, just as you're leaning in? Here, yeah, I'm a creative. I'm an artist. But you know what? I'm one of those schmoes guys. I come from that day where the brand was we sit with our caps backwards in dirty bars. All right. And I'm not saying I always agree with that. take. I'm a, a creative, creative person. I believe art is communication. But I'm just kind of a, you know, a hotel lobby bar guy. I felt this one was would have been on the shelf in Luthen Rail's uh, shop, except for if it wasn't like uh, a, a meaningful front. If it's just the guy next door. We sell art. I, I, I was a little like, because the, the, the first three episodes, the first two episodes of Andor, like they had the same kind of vibe, but it just, it was a little more wrapped up, a little more, less mid-sentence. This is like, I, I'm going to need David Chase to explain what happens to Tony Soprano right after the type of like, <laughs> journey's playing. And I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to re- loved this episode. Uh, I just was like, come on guys, you know what you're all doing, but. Hey, it's a choice, and I respect artistic choices. Yeah, to to me, uh, I loved this episode. Um, there's so many great things about it. Uh, I want to get to your beef and your cliffhanger, so I'll I'll say this fast. You know, I, <laughs> no, I really do like I like the evolution of it. I like that that we're introduced to the the heart of the conflict, the way people are living, and then you know the tyranny of the corpos who are basically just trying to please the empire mm-hmm, uh, and stay mm-hmm. and stay on their good side. Uh, so we're introduced to a small conflict, you know, we get into this arc and it's taking that small conflict on Ferrix and it's uh, blowing it up and putting it onto the galactic stage. Great. Um, mm-hmm. there, it, it wasn't any revelation, but it was confirmation, right? That we got to see all three of those episodes together and they uh, are structured to have uh, to be like a, a movie, the three episodes together, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the first two episodes have a little bit of slow burn structure. I felt like episode four was act one of a new three act structure. And there are yeah. benefits of that because I feel like we watched um, exposition of this new act, right? Of this new movie within the TV show. Yeah. And, and because of that, we got these rich, detailed scenes of character and world building but not a lot of forward movement on plot which is fine because it Mm -hmm. will come i will be patient but the trade-off of that is then what what is the level of elegance on the end because the end of something often uh confers meaning right reminds Mm -hmm. you either 
this is a kind of summation of what it's been about, or this is the real big uh, uh, cliffhanger going forward. This is this is the question that this uh, episode has asked. So the final beat will really remind you of that question mm-hmm. and, and make you wonder what the answer is to it. And I felt like this episode almost succeeded in that, but I did feel a little bit like, uh, th- you know, the cliffhanger to me almost felt like, can Cassian finish his homework? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the less generous interpretation. Uh, yeah. The more generous to me is this question of for Cassian, will being around these people who are fully committed, uh, will being immersed in this culture that has been utterly violated by the empire, will it push him past being motivated uh, by money to being truly motivated? That's one yeah. of the big questions uh, of yeah. the series. And, and, and we know the answer. <laughs> the yeah, answer yeah. is yes. The question is, is how? And I almost felt like, Mm, that 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 could have been underlined a little bit better and the end would have been a little bit more satisfying for me as an individual episode it, it will be just yeah. fine when i watch it all three of these episodes yeah. together as as yeah. as an arc but this one did feel like hey i love clone wars but some episodes of clone wars are like that too of like mm-hmm. yeah okay it, it feels like the story set everything up and then we, we find a way for people to walk off into the horizon so they can <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah pull out and, and end the episode and it, it did feel a little like that to me yeah no again it, yeah and there's i think there's some thematics up there i love your take on it there i think there's also a little bit of uh acceptance slash uh slash trust which is a big theme for me in this episode given mm-hmm. two casting in the moment so we'll, we'll break it down and and from that angle it worked. and again i'm talking by next week this won't be a, a problem because we'll be just uh, jam in that next episode button <laughs> when we do the rewatch. Uh, but as a as an individual episode, yep, uh, it, it was what it was. Again, they made a choice and we're here to discuss it. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch though because I think this is going to be the structure of this first season because we know it has arcs and we're going to get invested, invested, invested and then we'll probably have a little bit of reset uh, at the beginning of the next act. Maybe not, but th- that was definitely one of the things about this. It was great to meet all these uh, new characters, amazing to have quality Mothma time. Uh, mm. But mm. at the same time, you know, we've all got excited about uh, Bix and B2 Emo and yeah. Uh, yeah. Karn. And we only had a little bit of Karn time. So there's a little bit of that, like uh, a little bit of that uh, reset. I also just yeah. think I'm fascinated by this continuing attempt to discover in this new era of streaming, the balance between storytelling of what is a TV show? Like, I think you yeah. could write fascinating essays on all of these Star Wars shows together and say, what is a TV show? And in some ways for me, like the Mandalorian is the most traditional in that it, the season has mm-hmm. a one big mm-hmm. story, but each episode, you know, at the risk of even being repetitive in the way that, that people have poked fun at of uh, Din has an adventure every week and you get a complete adventure and that is in contrast there's many things about andor that is different which i celebrate because i want things to be different but that is one of the main differences right of yeah you know (laughs) you know will will din take the quest that's you know never going to be the cliffhanger uh, of a mando episode he's going to do the quest that episode yeah no, I agree. I agree. Then again, we're in this in this new era, not just with Star Wars, but with streaming and how we present shows, binge versus not binge, uh, the wonderful big chances shows take. It's 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 fascinating stuff, especially for for uh, folks like us who often uh, you know try to put pen to paper. But uh, um, yeah, uh, I agree with you on that take there. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but all that said, I I embrace that it is different. I have patience, and I'm going to use it. Uh, and yeah. what is in this episode was really great. Uh, 
my big picture reaction is, is that it, it continues to really feel like a, a Star Wars novel. It is mm-hmm. deeply, deeply tied to Star Wars canon. I, I know there are some people who are enjoying it because it feels really different from Star Wars. And I understand what they're saying because it's like, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. talking about the Force. Uh, Darth Vader has not uh, popped up. Uh, a recognizable mm-hmm. cantina alien has not popped up. But it is so deeply tied to Star Wars canon in uh, a world and culture building ways, right? Like you can mm-hmm. watch this and you don't need to know the history of Chandrilla, but it's really deep and rich if you do. Uh, so I, I continue to really like that, that it's not uh, kind of in your face connections, but detailed connections to the rest of Star Wars storytelling everywhere. Um, yeah, I, I love uh, all of the the deep and ongoing themes that we'll talk about of the organic versus the mechanical. And I thought, that's such a, a powerful Star Wars theme, and it was so there just in the visuals, right? Cutting from the mm-hmm. hills and the and the rivers to the mm-hmm. glaring white hallways of power. Uh, I thought this was a visually outstanding episode, going from the beauty of the hills of Aldani to Mothma's amazing apartment uh, mm-hmm. to Cyril's sad front door. Just everything looked amazing. You know, you go back to that Lucas thing of like you can you can watch him with just the music without the dialogue. Uh, yeah. The, the dialogue is rich and great, but like th- this is a visually powerful episode. So I really wanted to uh, compliment that as well. Yeah. And look for a show with uh, allegedly no Easter eggs, whatever that term is now uh, m- taken on a different meaning over the years, I should say uh, for a show with no Easter eggs and a creator that says, put aside your star Wars reference. Uh, There's so many references that I stopped tracking them and just started texting Alex Damon. When are you going to get your video up? Because I just, <laughs> I don't know. But that said, we'll get into it. Some of the things that are there uh, absolutely have purpose and meaning for Luth and Rail, which makes it that much more delicious. And I will point out, man, I want to, I really, really want to congratulate Tony Gilroy and his team for building an entire city planet uh, to make that practical. They just built an entire <laughs> planet outside of Earth and flew the production up there. No special effects, all practical. Oh, I so, I so cheered for Coruscant, right? Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah. To see it in live action, uh, finally, as you jokingly say, realized, physically built. Uh, we can all move there later. It'll be great. <laughs> I wonder what rent is like on Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. That's just our overview. Let's dive into the real specifics of the, the themes the central ideas at stake in this episode and probably going forward uh, in, in the arc and in the show as well, but uh, specifically highlighted in this episode. Uh, what, what are some of the things that jumped out to you, Ken? Um, there's once I, once I about four in the morning really was zeroing in on what was there. There's a lot. And I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know which one I want to go first. Cause they're all so wonderfully intertwined. There's even mm. like sub themes. Like the, the episode starts with healing and or's, uh, there's like this healing the injured vibe that's going on with Andor and dare I even say Karn. We'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, that starts, that's like the opening. Hey, you're hurt. Grab some med packs. And that carries on through the entire episode and is brought up constantly. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. Uh, there's that. But I guess, I guess, Joseph, I'll start with the, what I thought was the big one that just uh, permeates a lot of the other discussion. For me, it's it's trust, uh, leadership, um, who you answer to. <laughs> we all serve <laughs> someone, I guess. Uh, Kira's thoughts here. Uh, a lot of the giving you my word, you wanted to lead. This is what what it comes to. The Empire's view, you fall here, you fall alone. Do you trust him with our lives? Uh, that's my call to make. I trust him. 
Uh, and trust is so key to the rebellion. And this episode breaks it down, especially this time period. You want to talk about Star Wars canon. We're in this era where they don't have the same uniform. They're not all meeting at the Masasi Temple and having uh, drinks and planning the war. They, they don't trust each other. They don't know each other. And this is how this began. And, and we're 15 or what, 14 years into the reign. Uh, and we're still here where trust is so key. And everyone's, Luthen's asking Andor to trust him. Luthen is asking Vel to trust me uh, by saying, take on the, you're going to take on this member. And then Mothma's telling Luthen, I got a new member. And he's like, no. <laughs> so she's like, trust him. Uh, Mothma has to worry about the trust of those around her. Vel has to get the trust for Teeb. Uh, ISB, uh, they're, they're, they're going to get your trust whether you want it or not. And then uh, it all kind of just flows from there. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of great stuff in that. It, it is about trust. It is also about just sort of like the the structure of how do individuals accomplish something as a group. And, mm -hmm. and you're right, it's highlighted again and again that uh, the rebellion is in a place where it has a bunch of different names. Uh, Cassian throws out a selection of names that you can yes, call them yes. and kind of argues they're all, they're all the same. Uh, we can t we'll talk about that when we get to the canon section because it's a great list of names. Mm -hmm. um, but there is this this Luthen being kind of the glue of the rebellions that we're seeing and yeah. feeling like I alone am at the center of it. And I feel like a part of what is needed is constant lying. Right. So it's yeah, it's not the rebellion we know yet with, uh, you know, Leia and Mothma bringing people together and making it feel like everybody matters, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a lot in this episode that these themes that you're talking about are, are this contrast between sort of the way Luthen is running his little pocket of it and the way uh, the ISB had uh, be major part of gas mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is running his, right? And major part of gas even has like, it, it feels like he's kind of like, let, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in any of my subordinates. I'll mm -hmm. kind of handle it all and I'll send you off on an assignment. And I, like he seems aware of, I can't have the order that I want and that the empire wants mm. if there's tension. Like, like I love his line about that. We can't, let's not <laughs> waste our time with intra office fighting. And it's like, Oh, major, have you, have you seen the empire? Right. But he's trying to get, get, yeah. they're both trying to do the same thing. They're both kind of trying to, to glue these, uh, these yeah. groups that can't, these individuals that can't quite trust one another into the forward movement that these two leader figures believe is necessary. I love that. Even especially when, when Vel shows up, uh, there's something to be said for you. Luthen's like, I got, I, I kind of, I forget the exact line, but I kind of work for her. But also, she's going to not like this. She's going to fight me on this. And we're going to have a discussion about it. We have to come to an agreement. Uh, and I, my agreement uh, carries some weight and carries 200,000 credits behind it versus what you're describing with Anton Lessons, uh, part of Gaz's character of just uh, – no, 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 no. I need you on the same page, but it's not a good same page, right? It's, it's, we talked about this last week with uh, Karn. Karn often uses words and sentences and ideas that are often attributed to heroes or the good guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anton Lesser here, uh, Kyburn himself, just kind of being like, no, 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 let's all get along. That seems good on the surface, but man, the differences are uh, the stark about personality and individuality in the rebellion or the growing rebellion versus what he's. Uh, trying to remove in, in the halls of the ISB. That's true. I mean, I think Luthen, we're seeing that he is making choices unilaterally and he's manipulating people, but you can also argue that he's trying to inspire, right? He wants yes. the best out of Cassian. If Cassian, he, he loves listing things, right? So uh, <laughs> he does. Number one, Cassian will uh, realize uh, his true fighting spirit. Number two, he won't and, he, and we'll use him and he's gone. 
it'll be one or two. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think Luthen wants one. He's clearly trying to inspire Vel to leadership. Right. And, mm-hmm. and Partigas is not trying to inspire anyone. He is uh, mocking them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to keep them uh, uh, afraid of him, afraid of losing their position and to get them to stay in the exact lane he has picked for them. Yeah, even with, um, oh God, what's her name? I forgot, M- Mira, right? Deidre um, Miro. Yeah. Deidre Miro. Yeah, um, yeah, I view that, right? Like, oh, we will end this horrible meeting on a good note. Some of your reports are all right. So uh, things are looking up there. Yeah, you might still yeah. mess up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I really <laughs> like that. I, I think the way I looked at this section of discussion is, uh, trust is a great word for it. I, I also thought it was really interesting to look at it as commitment, right? Um, yeah, kind of our, our, our key heroes Andor and Mothma, their commitment is, is being questioned Andor's commitment directly and, and sort of mm-hmm. Luthen kind of pushing Mothma of like, are you going to be there for me or not? Are you willing to take this risk that I think you should take, but not this one, right? There's, there's a little bit of like, what, what can our heroes do in the situation they're trapped in? How fully they can commit. Um, well, in contrast, the Imperials are, are squabbling over who can be more committed who can take on more responsibilities right yeah um and and i think that we get some sort of good insights into the different uh, the different um things that these characters are struggling with right for mm. for andor's commitment i love that we see uh what could be labeled uh fear apathy what some people might uh label as common sense self-preservation right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we get his perspective nice and clear of uh you know luthan is is going on to him uh, ab- about the threat of the empire and that he's got to do something about it and andor says it's better to live better to eat sleep do what you want to mm-hmm. uh which is like i yeah i know it sucks out there for everybody else but i'm just going to take care of myself in my own life right yeah. and then i think luthan is trying to to push andor past that that apathy uh and inspire him to become the leader and true believer he's going to be. Uh, but also knows, but, but for now, cause he's not all the way there yet for now, mm. I need to buy him, you know, and, yeah. and just says it directly to Vel. That's the advantage of renting him. He's, he's disposable. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's great that we, we set up this big question for Andor of what is his commitment level. And then, uh, we also set up that in order to succeed within this, uh, Aldani uh, rebel group, mm-hmm. he has to show real commitment, or at least he has to make them believe that he's really committed. You know, yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite characters from this uh, episode is a uh, uh, Nemec the space nerd, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk more about. But you know how he he kind of puts a uh, voice to this of saying uh, mm-hmm. about Andor, he's committed. I'm feeling that. I want to. His belief in the cause. When it comes down to it, that's all I need to know. So like you're saying it's about trust, but it's also about this idea of who is truly committed to the cause. Because at the end of the day, how do you know how to trust somebody to fight against the empire? Because they truly want the empire to end and they're willing to take risks for it. They're willing to make sacrifices for it. That's what it takes in the rebellion, in this you know proto-rebellion era, mm-hmm. uh, to deserve trust is a belief that you are truly willing to sacrifice. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd say they go hand in hand like a great handshake. Uh, if you're, in, uh, you know, in the Predator in the '80s, there that famous <laughs> handshake. It's that. Yeah, no, because uh, yeah, you you have to take big, uh, big those big leaps of trust to to prove this. And, and I think uh, that's that that ending that even though you and I talked about the choice there, 
it does represent a lot of that for me and um how it gets there so yeah no and, and letting people i you, you brought i love this um i don't want to say wrinkle i guess maybe i don't know uh, of luthan going i'll buy you because i know that's the only thing that's gonna get you here mm-hmm. and that uh, the journey of andor where we know the ending uh and it's in a scene where he where, where rails basically said you're gonna die i know you're gonna mm-hmm. die fighting them Almost if to go to the audience, yep, yep, we all know he's going to die. How he's going <laughs> to die, how he's going to choose to die is, is what's at stake here. And, and how does that reflect in our own world and our own lives? And I like that it starts with first escape, survival, and now eh, being bought and paid for because that does uh, that does help. You know, mm-hmm. money can't buy happiness. It could be a down payment. I'll give you that money and then maybe we'll go from there and see what you do. Yeah, no, I I think that's great. And I think like uh, there's this great idea that, you know, I love that all of this is about money, right? It's about whether Mothma mm-hmm. can get her hands on money. It's about right. uh, not, you know, so many so many stories of rebellion have them have been them blowing up tech or getting a defector. I love that this is just like take their money because <laughs> yeah. uh, those Y wings aren't going to be cheap in the future, you know. Um, right. I, I and I think what's really interesting to me about this idea of like commitment and trust is Luthen and Mothma are both kind of coded as all in right and they they're a little mm-hmm. standoff it is to me a little bit like are you all in yeah are you all in yeah and then they both go <laughs> but i can't do that like yeah to something right uh mothma can't remove more money right now blatantly from the yeah. bank luthan fears mothma bringing someone new into the circle so it's this great like even when everyone is really committed they're still so trapped um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just in, in contrast, I, I I love that, you know, we don't, we don't get to spend a lot of time with the Corpos, but we see Karn, uh, Musk, and, and Hein desperate not to lose their commitment, right? If they, they would love to be more committed. Uh, yeah. the, the Dedro Miro is is ask, actively grasping for more. I think it's still uh, kind of up for discussion. I feel like she's grasping to, to address the actual problem. And everybody's yeah. saying, you're just, you're just a, trying to climb um but can, I, can i just say it's really weird i found myself uh rooting for her in a weird way which i shouldn't be but it's like oh the good for her she sees what's really going on oh wait a minute wrong team it's i, I think that's what's really great there is that uh party gas goes on this speech right uh yeah. early on about he wants people to analyze the actual he doesn't want reports after the fact he wants people to know what's going on ahead mm-hmm. of time to see uh the symptoms so they can kill it before it becomes a disease and that's basically what miro is presenting to him at the end of like there's yeah. all these symptoms i've seen it, it and they are the clear symptoms of the disease of an organized rebellion and it's not that i don't think it's that part gas doesn't care about that it's that he's got her in a lane he's got her in a box right uh-huh he doesn't want her doing the investigation work. She's from enforcement. He wants her to to use her to quietly bring the hammer down. You know, I think yeah. it's important that he, it's not just a random report, right? He's impressed with her detention numbers. He's like, mm-hmm. you're really good at being cruel and brutal. So I didn't bring you in here to think. I brought mm-hmm. you in here to be cruel and brutal quietly for me. I brought you in here to be my uh, quiet enforcer. Yeah, and I like what that means for the mistakes of the Empire, which I'm glad they have uh, as we <laughs> go for the story. But yeah, I, and it tracks, and I, I know you'll, you'll you'll probably get to it as a theme because it's very clear. But you know, the, the organic uh, versus mechanical type of thing. Well, this episode has, like you said, wide open nature versus sterile halls of power. It's right there, 
And this is the two sides. This is the fight where, where trust and commitment are are, are are forced to grow, I guess you could say almost they have to grow or, or they just don't grow uh, with the rebels in a wide open field where anything can happen. You can do anything. <laughs> you can be yourself. We have to do this to survive and make this happen. And the other side, you got someone going, I think there's a rebellion happening. <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's not you keep your your reports aren't even in on that. It's fascinating yeah. to me. I, I'm saying from a comical point of view, but uh, when you're tracking this story, the 19 years between Sith and, and, and New Hope, this is the stuff that's going on that makes it very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it makes Partigas, uh, uh really compelling because I, I don't feel like he's disbelieving her, right? It's just he's mm-hmm. he, she is delivering exactly what he asked for in his opening speech, but he's yeah. going to handle it the way he wants to with the tools he wants to in the time he wants to, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and you're kind of laying out what I thought was one of the other uh, major ideas, which is sort of the why of the fight. Um, yeah, speaking about actual words that get used, the, the word "why" or "define this" gets used a lot in this sort of a Luthen and Partagas being sort of the 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 leads in some way of this episode. Um, they both have these speeches early on, sort of defining the why of their missions, the parameter of their missions, right? Luthen mm. really frames the battle to Cassian in a specific way. And Cassian, you know, Luthen says the kind of generic, don't you want to do something important? And Cassian literally says, define important. What does that mean to you? Mm. And I feel like what Luthen says is uh, the battle is sacrifice uh, because the enemy is, like you were saying, the enemy is going to kill Cassian eventually anyway. I love that line of they'll use the same rope to hang you whether it's for a plasma coil or 20 million credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he really frames it as this is a battle for your life, for the soul of the galaxy, and you have to be willing to sacrifice. And then in contrast, Partagas has this great, uh, you know, a description and mocking his workers <laughs> for mm-hmm. not being as eloquent as him, uh, defines the Imperial Security Bureau, the ISB, as healthcare providers, identifying symptoms yeah. they can kill. Uh, the longer we wait to identify a disorder, the harder it is to treat the disease. So right away, we get kind of two mm. contrasting ideas of why are the, what are what are the rebels fighting for? What are they willing to sacrifice? How is this Imperial looking at this battle? But then to me, it goes even farther into that organic uh, uh, versus the mechanical and sterile. Mm. I think this is something that uh, Andor is going to continue to do, which again, has happened a lot in in books and comics, uh, but has kind of been a little bit in the in the shadows and sidelines of some of the major screen uh, Star, Star Wars storytelling, mm-hmm. that the practical horror of the Empire is highlighted. Um, yes. Actually, I'm going to take that back. It, the Clone Wars does a great job of, of portraying the things that are Palpatine are, is doing and building, is yeah. how it's really destroying everyday life. Uh, but I really love in this uh, big... Uh, live action Star Wars on the screen that the practical horrors of the Empire is being highlighted in that ISB meeting, right? There's the, the one of the people who gets berated, Legrette, uh, has mm-hmm. this very clean description of something that we can clearly understand is awful. The dimensions of the conflict have diminished sufficiently that mining has resumed on the occupied lands. And then, uh, 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 Petrogaz uh, says a uh, storage issues with the displaced. Right. Right. Like take, take a second. And it, it, I, I think it's great to take a second and say, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. These people are sitting around in the room. They're the secret enforcers of the empire, right? It, right. it doesn't right. go on the books, what they do. It's not available for public scrutiny. Mm-hmm. 
and they are sitting around there uh, saying to each other, like, yep, we, we've taken this land because we want it and we have a right to it. And of course, the people there are complaining uh, like they always do. But we, we got them to shut up with their little protest long enough to get back to mining and we'll mm-hmm. find a place to stick them. They're not people. They're the displaced in there yeah. where they live is a storage issue, right? Like mm-hmm. the dialogue tells you the practical horror of the empire for anybody who's like, yeah, but the rebellion did some bad things too. There were janitors on the Death Star. Like this is, this is the portrait, yes. right? Uh, yes. And and I'll say it's one other thing and I want to kick it back to you. Um, mm. This is such classic Star Wars thematic storytelling, the way the uh, Aldani rebels lay out how the, the culture the sacred river, the rituals of Aldani have been desecrated by the empire. 40,000 Aldanis driven from the highlands to the lowlands. And mm-hmm. you do not need to work hard to attach that to any uh, real life history. Just think, mm-hmm. is there any large government who has ever driven a people from a mm-hmm. culture in the highlands where they're connected to the earth and the specific animals there and driven them somewhere else against their will? I think yeah. that's, you know. Um, and yeah. then the fact that the big... Uh, the big idea is uh, for the plot is that they are going to use nature against the empire. And it's these ideas that seem to, to start to actually spark something in Cassian, right? Mm-hmm. Hearing of the violation, hearing of the clever plan to use nature against them. It seems to be awakening something in Cassian. This is all great. I, I'm glad I passed the test too, because uh, I connected with a lot of these here, man. I wrote down this idea of understanding the empire's oppression and, and specifically the, the statements on colonialism that the show was making. Um, is it a very real world conversation? Is it at times complicated? Yeah, but this this show is very clear in its point of view to 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 say here's what's going on and here's what it was always about. I really believe that it's just uh, you know we we focused on different parts of it over the years, uh, and and the Aldani stuff destroyed in ten years, hundreds of years of culture were wiped out that fast. A river dammed up. That 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 Nemec uh, 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 miniatures uh, map mm. that he made was was a great way to just really show it. The people uh, left, you know, rounded up and sent to essentially uh, reservations is how I could take it, but yeah. it, it goes into different spots too. Enterprise towns, what they call it in the lowlands. Like I said, it's really direct. This show goes for it. And it goes for it by attaching it to the empire and the idea of, you know, again, we're joking. I'm, you know, Deidre, I'm kind of like, oh, good job. You, you had a good day at the office. I hope you get recognized for your work. That's half a joke, but it's, 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 I like that this show is just, you cannot deny what's going on here. Uh, and the words are chilling. I, I wrote that down too. storage issues with the displaced on Arvala six. Um, I think Arvala seven is Mando, right? Um, yeah. It's just, it's very stunning. And I really, I'm really cheering it on as uh, uncomfortable it can be sometimes when you attach it to real world stuff. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, yeah. And what I'm calling the sheep herder rebels, the Altani rebels, <laughs> rebels, absolutely using the natural beauty and traditions uh, of this land as cover because the empire won't see past that. Uh, continues to be a, a theme that they just slap you up across the face like your Cyril Karn's mom. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I, I think that is what's so powerful about Andor is it, it is laying out, here are the kinds of atrocities that the Empire is doing. Here is the clear reason that the Empire saw value in land that other people were deeply attached to and the Empire took it because they realized that the, those caves are good for storage, right? Mm-hmm. And there are 
countless real world things that you can uh, uh, attach that to some more specific than others but you know throughout history and all those things are happening now in this show is all about the central character of andor being fully aware that those things are happening and trying to decide how he wants to respond he hates that they're happening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he wants to to, to stick uh, stick the empire in the eye <laughs> as uh as luthan says but like <laughs> But how much are you willing to fully, fully face it? And Cassian is somebody who's lived a life where he hasn't had a choice but to face it, right? He's encountered it, Uh, which gets me to the other huge thing in this episode that I deeply love is Mon Mothma's awful husband. (laughs) Oh, I have have to scroll up to my pages of notes of this this section. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think it just is uh, uh, this great picture of apathy right uh yeah mon mothma we're reminded or if if you don't know yet that mon mothma comes from uh, an upper class planet uh with lots of elegance lots of traditions lots of wealth that's where she is from mm-hmm. but she cannot turn away uh from her responsibility a- as a leader from stopping horrific uh, uh, a plight unfair mm-hmm. plight happening to the people of the galaxy and we don't get a full picture of what her husband thinks of this but we know that he just wants a break Mm -hmm. oh i'm sorry did you fail some to save some starving people today Uh, must everything be boring and sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) this there's such power in that It, it is the Obviously, I think we all need a break. We all, you know, can't always yeah. be focused on tragedy. We'll, we'll all stop to you know, cease to function. But mm-hmm. in this scene, it is such a specific choice to say, uh, I don't care that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Slymore, uh, Slymore just yeah. caused, which boy we'll talk about. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for Slymore. Um, I don't care that Slymore uh, caused a bunch of an entire community of people uh, to starve. She's fun at a dinner party. So it is not my problem. And in fact, Mothma, it's your problem for being a downer and bringing it up. Um, Yeah. And just some of uh, amazing work uh, uh, from Genevieve O'Reilly. Oh, are they? Oh, are they? Are they fun? Your fun friends just got off their shipping lanes yesterday. You know how many will starve. So powerful. Yeah, this scene is uh, is it's just wonderful. It's what we always kind of wanted. Look, because look, we we knew going into the show we were going to kind of get the heroes in high places stuff with Mothma, right? This mm-hmm. is the it, this this is very much about class, station, and how to use your power. No surprise there. But damn, she is living the good life. She's the posh spice of the Senate if she wants to be, right? She could hide mm-hmm. behind all that. She could stay there. So number one, you see, she's truly risking everything, and you got her her husband Perrin. Uh, sitting there and still in the rarefied air. And I'll just say, uh, you, you, that line you said, must everything be boring and sad, might as well have said, ugh, why do you have to bring politics into my Star Wars? It just mm-hmm. absolutely was that. It was absolutely speaking to that. And again, it does not mean you, you can't enjoy the pew, pew, pew. It does not mean what Joseph said, take some time for your mental health. These are all real world things we can deal with. And believe me, I'm I'm here applauding uh, references to Starkiller just as much as the deep politics. But this is the point of this guy. This is the point of the scene. These are his army buddies, right? The government mm-hmm. and my regimental mate. 
Uh, Sly Moore, uh, one step away from Masamita, working in the vizier's uh, vizier's uh, private office. Vizier, how do you say it? I don't know. Vizier, Mas- yeah, and, and yeah. that's Masamita, yeah. Masamita, step away from Palpatine. And they're coming here to risk, and I'm risking all this because we've just got the word from uh, her conversation with, with Luthen. She's right. She's going to be the first to, to fall. The posh spice of the sp- Senate will die, will go, will be imprisoned. She'll be the first to go. And his, his whatever, it doesn't affect me. That's his political party. The apathy you're talking about, the disinterest, the uh, just disconnect. It's powerful. This seems really powerful. It's one of my favorites so far in, in modern Star Wars. Yeah, no, it, it really hit me like a ton of bricks of like, uh, I, I, it's, you know, Perrin being like, yeah, it's a bummer that people are suffering, but I'm mostly just kind of bummed because my wife's not fun at dinner parties, right? Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing to maybe... Uh, uh, shock a person out of complacency, right? Mm, uh, mm. Uh, and, and that's the effect it had on me to even just think even more about my own life, right? Mm, <laughs> and mm. uh, not wanting to be a parent, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, it was it, extremely <laughs> powerful. And, you know, I, I think we say it often when we talk about this stuff. Uh, I think if you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, you get to choose kind of at, at what level you engage. And I love the fantasy. I love the escapism of star Wars. It is a a different galaxy, a different world. It's, it's fun and it's thrilling. And I think it should be all those things. Um, my only, uh, concern is when somebody claims that the politics aren't there. If if that's not your, if that's not your favorite part of star Wars and, or isn't your favorite show, that's fine. Uh, Mm -hmm. I so deeply (laughs) vehemently disagree with any statement that star Wars is only escapism and doesn't have this stuff going on. This is the beating heart uh, of Star Wars, and it always has been. You know, th- th- you you could cut t- from, from this scene to A New Hope to the Kenobi uh, Luke scene of Luke saying, it's all so far away from here. I don't like mm-hmm. it, but it's not my problem. And Kenobi going, that's your uncle talking. He doesn't want you to get involved. He doesn't want you to go on some damn fool idealistic crusade. Star Wars advocates being be aware of the tragedy and trauma of others and get involved it always has been and Mm -hmm. and this is a different take on that same conversation yeah and and i I don't know if this is the appropriate time to talk about but i i want to get into this idea of of politics versus politicking because i hear a lot oh i love the politics in and or but when you dig in what people mean is they, they like the quiet scenes in which characters are whispering to each other about other characters which is machinations <laughs> and politicking. It's it's the uh, it's the inner workings. It is a lot of the ISB stuff. But and this show has that for sure. And guess what? I again walk and talks. I love it. I love it. It's thrilling in its own way. It's very tense. All the stuff with Mothma is tense. Even that that driver. I was like, is this car? Is this ship going to explode when she gets in the mm-hmm. car? Like the tension works, and that is a lot of the politicking, the maneuvers. Uh, so it it is there. But the politics, which. Uh, I've heard you talk so eloquently eloquently before, Joseph, about politics are kind of how we decide to take care of our society and the worlds and the communities and the individuals and the resources for all those people. That's kind of where the politics are and your point of view on that. Uh, we talked last week about instead of follow the money, follow the empathy. That's that's the point of view. And this show is very clear. I won't even say, I won't, I, maybe I won't, I'll stop short of saying it's very clear on what side it comes down on. But then again, <laughs> that's a lie. Um, it's just there. And you, what makes this to me a quote unquote adult show isn't that this opens up in a brothel um, and we have a, a murder. It's that it is saying, hey, um, now is the time to connect to this and find the ways that you connect with this. Or maybe you don't. And then you can deal with that choice, too. 
Um, this show is very clear in that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's the, the, uh, the politics of, of empathy. I, I think when Star Wars is explicit about politics, some of the great Padme episodes of Clone Wars, uh, the policies do reflect real world policies and they are policies of empathy. They, they are policies of that no one should be a, uh, without the basics in life because we are a rich enough society that everyone should have their basic needs met. No one should starve. Um, and th- those are, those are real politics mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can, you can look at policies in real life and you can agree with them, disagree with them. But at the end of the day, to me, you, you look at what it, what is the, what is the philosophy behind them? What is the choice of shaping the society? Do you want to be and everybody is out for themselves. And if, if you fight hard and you get yours, then good. Or do you want to be a society where we lift everybody up? And I feel like Star Wars has always been clear on that philosophical approach to to politics. And then you get into yeah. actual like, yeah, politicking, right? Of like, uh, who's giving a speech? Who, who is being fully honest in their speech? Who is manipulating one donor and then saying thing to another donor? Who's mm-hmm. kind of lying or doing some obnoxious, uh, you know, baby kissing or propaganda? And like, and Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't like politicking, right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he's, like he's very uh, invested in like empathy, but he's like, oh, politicians, right? Like, yeah. There, there's a difference. And I think a lot of times when we say, uh, I don't like politics, we're talking about that, right? Yes. We're talking about kind of the public face of it. But at the end of the day, when laws are made and enforced, that is us deciding who we are. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I'm hopefully not getting too intense about it. I, ju- I just, it's hard to not look around and th- in the world, our real world, and think this is not the time to engage with it, right? And that's a big change yeah. in my life. I, I probably, I wasn't a parent but I definitely was at the party just wanting to talk about the weather. Like, you know, and, and uh, I get it. I was caught, I was caught in 2005, right? Like I've gone, I've gone. So I see some, someone asked me the other day, what do you love about Andor? And I said, because it's important. Well, so why it's important? Cause it, cause it, it, it's making it very clear what Star Wars has always been about. You don't have to agree with that. You don't have to like it, but you can't turn away from it. And that's what this episode really leaned into. We knew we were going to get that Mothma stuff. It wasn't just about seeing Corson. And I don't think anyone was just excited to see Corson. But it's what was said. I was blown away by how how just direct it was. Her husband, God bless him. God bless him. Who knows? Maybe he was a great soldier. I don't know. God bless him. It was just so clear. Ugh, politics again. Uh, Sly Moore's great at a party. You know, just enjoy <laughs> Sly Moore. And, if you're, if you're yeah. listening and you don't remember who Sly Moore is, uh, stop, pull up a picture of her and think of her being the one that's fun in a party. I yeah. pray we see this party. And we'll, we'll start to, yeah, we'll start. To, I really seriously hope we see this party. Um, and, and, you know, we, we will get into the canon connection of, of it all, but I think, and I can't necessarily say all of the things that Luthen's talking about are touching. I, I don't know the entire list, but many of the things highlighted, including his necklace, down to we see uh, um, what's the uh, Kilikori? How do you say it? from the the the, the Ryloth? The, the same type of thing that Hera had. Kilikori, yeah. Kilikori. Thank you. I uh, haven't seen it on page in a while. Um, that uh, Mando armor's there. What's Mando mm-hmm. armor? It's it it, it it's uh, in many ways it's a culture now snuffed out by the Imperials. A lot of what Luthen his art that he's invested in here. A lot of things he's talking about have to do with the history of politics and uprisings in the galaxy. Uh, and and to have that collected uh, for whatever reasons and how he does it, we'll see. But uh, it's a reminder. His story is a reminder to me of um, the bad nature of politics, the danger of not getting involved, and the uprisings that stem from that. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is maybe, you know, one of the reasons I think you and I kind of um, buckle uh, a little bit when criticisms of, oh, Cameo is just this. Like, I did cheer to see Coruscant and it wasn't because I remember that. I recognize that it was because it has meaning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the seat of power in the galaxy. And what would it mean to be living high up in the beautiful part of Coruscant when all this horror is going on. And, and that's exactly yeah. what it, uh, you know, delivered. And I think you're, you're touching on the last big theme that I wanted to talk about, which is this um, idea of sort of layers of identity, right? We see a lot Ooh, yeah. of transformation, a lot of masks. It goes with y- your idea of truth. But I mean, Luthen's amazing uh, transformation, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't just have two sides. It is almost uh, uh, like kind of old school uh, clowning, right? He yeah. he doesn't just, uh, you know, transform into his, uh, in, into his secret identity, right? Uh, mm. He makes a, uh, a, like a clown-like transformation into a grotesque parody of wealth and non-involvement. Yes. He becomes a picture of what he hates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that shot of of him, you know, putting on all of the sort of uh, ephemera, uh, the wig and the rings, uh, uh, the props of this other person, this other life uh, on Coruscant, and then the the sort of like the little laugh thing is like let, let's remember this character who doesn't who is unaffected, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is just pleasant as we sell things, right? And even mm-hmm. in his his uh, his dialogue to Mon Mothma, this uh, facade that he's keeping up because they don't know who this <laughs> new mm-hmm. chauffeur is, this new driver, if, if this person can be trusted. His specific line when Mothma's kind of making chit-chat about the stress of getting everything done as a senator and uh, fake Luthen here, Futhen, <laughs> says, <laughs> says, it's hard being surrounded by this much history and not be humbled by the insignificance of our daily anxieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, that line is just killer because I think it has this double meaning. It, it, it's mm-hmm. got the sort of surface meaning of, you know, if you just want to be like a student of history and sell fine art, you can uh, daily anxieties. Don't worry about it. Empires come and go. People suffer. Whatever. It's not my problem. I run an art gallery, right? Mm-hmm. There's this sort of facade of non-involvement it doesn't affect me but to your point what you know i think what he what he's sort of actually saying is i am surrounded uh by the history of uh, imperialism and rebellion against it and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is keeping me focused on what my daily anxieties should be yeah it's so deep there i love the stuff and and we're so waiting for it right so especially after meeting luther and knowing what was coming and and uh, i remember when i first saw the shot of him with the hair. I was like, that's not Luthen. I saw him with short hair. <laughs> I, I fell for it. I, I thought I, it was a time jump thing. I'm yeah. thrilled by this. Oh, it's the best. And talk about spy thrill. Let's not forget, this is a theme throughout the entire show so far. The tense uh, spy side of it is is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> He's practically but, Jennifer Garner in Alias, just puts on a wig. He is. Yeah. He is. Um, I, and and, I, and, I, and I, it was this question too. It's uh, it's uh, 
I guess you could, uh, you know, what's the real face? Uh, like, does Luthen Rail is using this illusion of high society? But I, I'm, to me, I'm like, was that his true beginning? Did he start low and go up? Start high and go low? How did he join this fight? How did he? And he plays on both sides because I think he knows he has to, and it's valuable. Um, but yeah, I just was fascinated by that. I'd love to know more. We might not get that answer, but was he? Was this who he was in some way? And realized, oh, I've got to get involved, which means I've got to, you know, uh, go underground. I got to take all this stuff off. Uh, or, or is he always low and he infiltrated and went high? I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure we'll get the real story. I don't know why my gut instinct is that he started in this world. I think maybe it's because mm-hmm. it kind of matches Mothma that he's in this position yeah. where he could have just been this person. Something happened to him. We don't know what uh, yeah. that that. You know, that isn't just another part of his, you know, collection as uh, the owner of an art gallery, that quaddy signet blue kyber skystone, right? right? I believed him that that means something to him. Um, yes. Vel's unclear relationship and attitude toward him, like, it's more than just covering her tracks when, when Cassian's poking more about who is he? What's his deal? And she says, he is something we will never discuss, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're hinting at a, at a bigger truth for Luthen. And to me, it feels like, I could be utterly wrong, but to me, it feels like he started in this place of power and privilege and wealth where he could study wars of the past and be unaffected by conflicts of the present. Mm-hmm. And uh, something happened to him and his life and he became something else. And now he wears the mask of his previous uh, self and almost wears it in a way to, you know, demonstrate how disgusted he is by who he was. Yeah, well, I like that. Uh, I wish Luther would just show up right now on the podcast and give us the answer, but I can't wait to find uh, out. Navzak, here, here's the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's like I really like that. Even the art that is that Luther is uh, showing Mothma, and I, and I think is you know using to transfer you know money uh, mm-hmm. is a two faced divinity, a sun goddess and a serpent from the overworld sharing the same mouth. I mean, yes, yes, this idea of layers of identity, and then we get Cassian, you know having to convince the Aldani rebels of his sincerity while also wearing the mask of, of Clem, right? Yeah, uh, right. Uh, Vel Sartha is also having to lie to her team while also demanding that they trust her. Uh, Mothma mm-hmm. can't be fully truthful with her husband or even her driver. Uh, Cyril Karn, it, 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 you talk about layers of identity, is stripped of his station and has to literally, literally return to a lower level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, I think I think this is a big theme and a big idea that will continue. But it was really highlighted in this episode of these layers of identity. Yeah, gosh, uh, what do we get? Thirty seconds of Cyril Karn. <laughs> it was, it was dense. A lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, that slow descent to be slapped by mom, <laughs> slap hugged by mom. Wow. Yeah. Yep, a lot more to come there. Uh, all right, any other big picture thematic thoughts before we take a break? Oh man, I guess we could go on and on and on, but uh, I think we touched upon the big ones there. Shout out to the team there: Sintaskeen, Nemic, Terraman, who sounds like he's over there in Gondor, and Lieutenant Gorn. Loved them. Loved all the stuff I represented. Uh, them eating roots and sleeping on rocks. Uh, it's a powerful start for that rebellion. Yep, making sacrifices for the rebellion. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back to get into canon, get into some comedy and whimsy, maybe get into action, if possible. We'll find out back in a moment. (laughs) 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of uh, episode four of Andor, Aldani. We are going to talk about canon surprises, fun connections. We've alluded to some of them, uh, but there's some, there's some, a lot of just references, right? But then there's a lot of kind of big picture ideas and questions. So I'm going to start there, Ken. Mm. Uh, there was a lot in this episode that kind of uh, shared the general state of the rebellion, the alliance. Uh, Cassian rattles off different splinter groups that oppose the Empire, kind of saying they're all the same. He says, uh, you know, Toluthan, what are you? Are you uh, Alliance, SEP, Guerrilla, Partisan Front? Um, which is great. I, I mean, honestly, for me, as is, is, you know, somebody who's uh, deep into Star Wars, I love hearing SEP. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure for, for some viewers who are loving this, uh, whatever that syllable is just uh, flies by. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's one syllable with lots of meaning from his perspective. The separatists, the lingering separatists are, mm-hmm. uh, are still a part of this list. Um, then we get mm-hmm. uh, one of the other Aldani rebels uh, listing various uncompromising rebel faction leaders you could work for. Mossy, yeah. Garvish, uh, Saw, Guerrera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, as we talked about, uh, the ISB officer, Miro, accurately assessing uh, the rebellion tactics that cells are growing. They're using the same tactics. They're going after similar targets. So how did you feel about that general big canon picture? Not just like the the name checks of Saw mm-hmm. and the Partisan Front and Separatists, uh, but the the picture of the state that the rebellion is in right now. Uh, I really love it. That's one of the things I love exploring in this timeline. Uh, this, you and I have talked, and, and, and a lot of Star Wars fans have talked. You, you grow up, and, and, the, and the rebels seem like one cohesive military. That's what they are by the time we kind of meet them in New Hope. But that's not necessarily the truth, uh, not necessarily how they got there. They didn't start that way. So to explore that, to explore that in that level, and to go into – um, I don't know the, the 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 list of those leaders that would have you know put your head on a pike uh, just to just cause because you fell asleep. You know, again, this is supposed to be the quote good guys, right? And it's this kind of brutality to it. It's this harshness to it. You think of Saw Guerrero, you know, I'm I'm acting like a criminal because the Empire treats us like like one, and it makes me think of of the dangers of that of of maybe the need for that at times. But if you do things uh, in the wrong way, Saw Guerrero killing targets that are um, down down to children, that's going to bring more might of the empire down. So it's a fine, fine needle you have to thread here. And I just love the exploration of that in this timeline. These are just six, now seven, uh, right? Uh, uh, rebels mm-hmm. in the hills here, the, the, the sheep herder rebels, I'm calling them. Um, but they are truly part of a, of, of a bigger picture. They just don't know it. They can't, they, they know parts of it. They don't know all of it. Cause I, you know, this time I'm thinking of, of Hera uh, uh, starting to team up with Kanan and Count Vidian and all the stuff and a new dot. All that is truly happening here at the same time. And I like the, that we're getting into that. Yeah. In theory, Ahsoka out there, you know, running missions for bail yeah. at times, you know, we don't know exactly yeah. what, what's going on with Ahsoka. You know, we don't know exactly what's going on with the path, but I, I like Paths that even the know. other Star Wars storytelling, we're like the empire is so large, so powerful, so successful at, at fracturing hope at taking all resources at having eyes everywhere that they can't actually be united yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, this idea that, once they're united, maybe they can make it's still a military and it's still life or death battles and they kill, uh, but they can really start to make choices about how they fight, you know? Yeah. And yeah, not and, quite and, in and, that point yet. Yeah. And, and you need the Rogue One stuff. That's why you and I celebrate. And so many others love the third act of Rogue One and that flipper of action from Radis. It means a lot, uh, but it took a lot to get there. And I love that we're uh, rolling around in that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely uh, excited by it. And, and I feel like just throwing out that one syllable, Sep, uh, does make me feel like we are going to get even more with Cassian's backstory and mm. timeline, yeah. uh, which is the other thing I want to talk about of how old is Cassian? Is it, <laughs> I think it's unknowable. Uh, but we do learn that he fought in Mimban when he was 16. Mimban, of course, uh, featured many places uh, on screen in Solo. Mm. Uh, it, there's a shout out to the uh, mud troopers uh, fighting on Mimban in a Clone Wars episode. Uh, but Cassian claims he was fought on Mimban when he was 16. 
He initially claims that he uh, fought there for two years, but Luthen says that he uh, worked there as a cook for six months, then ran away. Uh, <laughs> but then they have this conversation uh, about, you know, that horror and whether it was uh, worth any of that. Uh, Cassian says, and who did it turn out we were fighting ourselves? And Luthen agrees, saying the Empire had you fighting each other. So I, I think in that whole whole big stew of canon, uh, I had a, a couple of questions for you, Ken, of mm-hmm. what you... If you thought that that battle, there, this war on Mimban that Kasim was talking about was during uh, the Clone Wars and how you felt about that timeline of him being 16 during the Clone Wars. I yeah, I took it as as Clone Wars era. And I know some people are taking it as he served solo food. Mm. Um, I've saw some tweets of those and, and, and maybe there will be an answer. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for me, I, I don't know why I felt it was separatist republic type of thing and him just kind of saying that in the empire you know we were fighting each other uh, you know without saying you know the sith lords are behind it, it, it you why would you you don't need to even mm-hmm. know that uh you're experiencing that um both work for me by the way I, I i'm curious to see there but yeah i i went that way and and this is what i was, I was saying like i eventually need the math and need the timeline put down i normally don't need the specific details but it's i'm just curious i'm curious more than anything is it it, it um, will help uh deepen my understanding of, of cassian's story yeah I'm, I'm just like i said at the top of the podcast i'm just leaving myself open i think the only mm-hmm. thing that makes it convoluted is if you hang on to the idea that he was 26 ish in in rogue one uh yeah. then it it starts to get uh to me uh confusing um yeah i, I think I think maybe I am affected by Solo's take on Mimban, right? That yeah. it was, yeah, we're taking their land. It's a it's a united front, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. against uh, the Mimbanese. Um, so the way they talked about it, and who did it turn out we were fighting ourselves, that that strikes me more that, that um, we know the clone troopers were there. We know that there was conflict there yeah, uh, yeah. with the separatists. Uh, and Luthen saying the Empire had you fighting each other. I, I think I really like that because uh, I think it really informs the rebels that we're meeting to understand that we were made to fight for nothing for the benefit of uh, Palpatine, for the creation of this empire to create the lie and the fear of this, of the other, of the scary separatists that would allow the empire to have this, this control and continue the lie of anything in the name of security or else the scary other will get us like they did mm-hmm. back in the Clone Wars, right? For, for our rebels to have a full understanding of that and say, this is how our war is different. <laughs> this is how the yeah. stakes are different. Um, is really powerful. And, and for me, like, well, yeah, I don't think Luthen necessarily knows, like, yep, and then on this star date, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sidious met with Darth Tyrannus, yeah. like, yeah. but I think it was clear to Obi-Wan and Yoda that they'd been played, right? That the yes. entire war, it, and so that information, that full understanding goes to Bale, goes to Mothma, goes to Luthen, you know? Yeah, trickles on down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, so from there, going into uh, some other just, um, uh, I, I was going to say fun things, but it's more than fun. Uh, this one's fun. Uh, <laughs> Mednog. Oh, uh, I wrote that down. <laughs> Luthen has Cassian uh, slug some Mednog. I Googled that. Uh, that apparently seems to be new to Star Wars, that you can uh, drink your Bakta, kids. Like, drink your Ovaltine. I want a commercial <laughs> with Luthen. Uh, drink your Mednog, kids. How did you feel about that? 
as a, as a growing up a fan of eggnog during the holiday seasons my whole life, uh, <laughs> non-alcoholic and alcoholic now, uh, I really want some Mednog. It's not the, not the prettiest word. It doesn't no. sound fun, but uh, I, I like a nog uh, and a nog that could heal me. Uh, and by the way, with the first viewing, I was, I, I didn't necessarily hear Mednog. And I just thought he had said like Mednerg, like some alcoholic drink. And I bought that too, because that would make you feel good. So I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it. I, I assume that it is actually some sort of medicine and yes. not, but but maybe that is uh, uh, Luthen's way, like, you know, sometimes people call like whiskey liquid courage, right? You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This will set you right, kid. Uh, it's some yeah. space whiskey. I call it Mednog. Yeah. Uh, the cowboy yeah. cure. I had some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, I also just wanted to, to shout out the the absolute wonder of seeing the ISB in live action, seeing uh, a whole meeting, and uh, and yeah. uh, also wondering if Yularen was there, of course. Uh, but how did you feel about seeing the ISB, seeing the building, the office, the sort of inner workings of it in live action? I, uh, like I said, loved it. I loved that we went back to Coruscant and that being kind of the first place. And uh, you you can make all the connections to the sterile halls of power themes like we did, but uh, just the seat in Star Wars, the white jackets in action, um, and it's frightening in its in a, in a way. Um, Anton Lesser, uh, Lesser as uh, Major uh, Parchek, whatever his name, I wrote it. Partagaz, Part- Parchek is his cousin. Major Partagaz, he's right there now up 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 on that chart of uh, great Imperials for me, which means like you're not rooting for, but they're just they're so effective in the story. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see a conversation with him and Krennic. Like they had that little mention, the mention of Scarif thing, which I'm sure is on your list as well. But I just was like, oh, could Krennic show up and be upset about some supplies or something? Because I'd love to see them in a scene. (laughs) Holy crap, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, because I just, I feel like they would really, really have some conflict, right? uh, He'd use his middle name. Yeah, Orson Callan Krennic. What's the issue? (laughs) The issue. I love how much he dismisses people. Like, we're done. Yeah. That is all. Begin. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think uh Krennic's a little bit more of an oily operator, right? Who mm-hmm. kinda wants to use his charm, you know, and uh I don't think uh that's part of Gaze's uh communication style. So that would nah. be fun. Nah, don't think so. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned in the great ISB scene, a lot of known planets in conflicts. Uh Ryloth, I think it's significant that they mention Ryloth because we know yeah. that that is a hotbed of a rebellion right that is a localized uh rebellion dealt with a ton in rebels and in clone wars and in the novel lords of the sith um it is again not a oh cool i know that it is using the rich history of star wars to say like yeah that ryloth is always going to be one of the things on the isb's plate yeah it's a big one right it's a big one like uh, it wouldn't be out of place to say uh, cham's name as well so um you know you're looking for this story again it is it is a very original uh, uh approach to star wars or it's, it's unique i'll say that and and i love what it's doing but yeah absolutely it is so well placed in the rest of the star wars saga right now and to hear things like that that's where their effective use of uh, reference to me yeah absolutely um and then as you said there's the the problems mentioned on arvala six uh, arvala seven is in mando where quill lives and in where the child where grogu is found so again that's like okay well the empire uh control mm-hmm. that entire region right that entire system yeah. so that that does make you almost want to like go back and watch mando and 
you know, look at Arvala's Heaven as a, a place that is now a place of peace, according to Queel. Uh, yeah. But is Queel there? You know, did he seek it out or is that where he got free of the Empire? Because they were there when he got free of his yeah. servitude. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm wondering. If he was on six. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then they mentioned of an increase in, in construction shipments going to Scarif. Great. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. that's all fun stuff. Uh, moving on, we have uh, I wanted to spend a moment on Luthen's necklace because I think it's a, a real curiosity of mm-hmm. who he is. Right. Uh, it is described as a Kuwati signet of blue Kyber skystone. Uh, I would assume that Kuwati uh, means of the of the planet Kuat and the Kuat shipyards. Um, blue Kyber, obviously, we know Kyber well from uh, powering lightsabers and the Death Star. Uh, so that is powerful to see, kind of a different kind of Kyber. I don't know exactly what skystone means. Uh, Luthen also says that it celebrates the uprising against the Rakadin invaders. Uh, the Rakadin invaders are a, uh, have been mentioned in modern canon, but they are a deep cut uh, from Old Republic storytelling about a dark side empire uh, from, from the Legends continuity. So we got a lot going on. And I think what's great about this is if you're, you're not as deep into Star Wars, right? You, you, you hear uh, good old Luthen grumble a bunch of space words. Mm-hmm. And you get what it means. This is a a token from ancient times that means something to him personally and is connected to uh, rebellion and revolution. And you know everything you need to. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. how do you feel about all these other words that are signifiers of other <laughs> ideas and cultures in Star Wars? Uh, this is where by this, this is like the start of the episode, right? This is like towards the beginning. And I was like, yeah. I'm just going to have to put down my pen and wait. So someone connects all the dots. I, you know, Knights of Old Republic connection there. I just heard the key words, uprising, Kyber, and you get it. And it's from something that means something. So it works for me on that level. But once you start to learn about it and once texts and tweets start going around, I love that stuff. It's the flavor. Um, but again, it's how you use it. Sometimes I think it's going to be fine. You're going to throw a ship that you like or something like that. Uh, you don't need to go deep on that. But this has, uh, has value. And the fact that they were searching for something that would represent something powerful to Luthan Rail and they come up with this. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I understand the desire to have a show that uh, an entire Star Wars uh, story live action on screen without a single lightsaber ignited. And I think Andor might be the one, but mm-hmm. I like that even in this time, the sort of the remnants of, of the force uh, mysticism, uh, sacred, objects sacred places right Mm -hmm. vel even says that of like you know uh mystics uh, a few mystics still uh, cling to the highlands and wander and and you just hear that word mystics and like do they believe in a version of the force you know are they members of church of the force um i think it adds to the storytelling because it says this is a reality of this world of this galaxy uh Mm -hmm. that there's this uh, you know uh history of these sacred objects that are attuned uh, to the force and even somebody like Luthen, who is so practical that he can break any decision down into an immediate multiple choice list. <laughs> yeah. He still has a connection to this, you know, mysticism in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it attracts. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it has meaning again too. Uh, and it made me think of that too. Just who's out there. Who are those people wandering and who could be there? Maybe there's a Jedi out there. Yeah. And I think for me, the fact that this connects to his art gallery, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. an ancient artifact of an old conflict. Uh, 
but I believed that it meant something to him. I, I didn't think that he was selling Cassie in a bill of goods. I think he was telling Cassie mm-hmm. it, it has financial value. So it's a, it's a down payment on the money I'm going to give you, but it's also a symbol of trust because it means a lot to me. Did you believe Luthen? Yeah, did I? Absolutely. I have full trust in Luthen. No, no questions in my head. <laughs> but you believed that this necklace meant something to him. I absolutely, and and I love too that what it also meant that uh, I, I took it as uh, not that Bell would have killed him, but you know, like that that he was the way he turned back, the way he was like, let me let me get. I'm trying to get you to trust me more than just set my money. Here's this. Uh, I'm gonna go deal with this. Um, I, 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 it, it worked for me in that level. Luthen striking all those chords. Yeah. Absolutely. So it makes me excited to learn more about his past. Um, Mm -hmm. Move on to just a little section. Um, This is stuff that is maybe it's rich world building, but maybe it's more name checks entirely in the background, which you can pretty much only detect uh, with the captions, at least myself. uh, When Karn is getting off the the ship, uh, the shuttle, uh, it's been a great time for mass uh, space transit in (laughs) Star Wars between... Obi-Wan and Mando both, you know, taking his space buses yeah. uh, and now now Karn being shipped away. Um, th- he is not the credit is not as prominent as it was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. But Pablo Hidalgo is credited in in these Andor credits as the Star Wars lore advisor as well. Mm. And I think there are these very meaningful connections of ryloth that's that's the part of the storytelling but there is also just a lot of i think a a desire to sort of fill every little empty space with a fun uh reference but also there's just been a lot from uh honestly legends or canon things that have been mentioned once so they give you this sense of being connected to the larger star wars storytelling but also sort of offer how much there is to be explored because we know these these words or you can google these words mm-hmm. uh but they're still quite open right Eric. um tell gordo travel uh the shuttle that karn is forced to take is from the old west end uh, games star wars role-playing games where a mm-hmm. ton of star wars names and lores come from hosnian prime from the sequel trilogy as mentioned plexus is also another planet from the west end games uh euphonus major is from a canon junior novel series by Jason Fry from 2015. So mm. to me, this is clearly the hand of Pablo Hidalgo going, where, where I'm going to just sprinkle in all these names that if you want to dig for them, they suggest the possibility of continued storytelling. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? How do you feel yeah. with, about that? Am I bonkers? What are your thoughts? No, not bonkers. Again, it, it's it's like the the one of the previous episodes had like the sky cab or space cab or whatever. It was like one of the oldest ships. And that's from a 1993 uh, game or something like that. I, I, I love that stuff, but it, it, again, it's done specifically and it's done to sprinkle uh, all this information, but also the tip of the iceberg storytelling that you're saying. I, even in this series is again, going wide, when they list the name of other cells or other leaders, I get excited by that because I don't want to forget that that stuff's out there. And then I also mm-hmm. don't think there's an end to the storytelling. There's so many other planets you can go to where this is playing out as is. And there's another Luthen that might be doing that. There's someone who's working for Luthen. There's someone who hasn't yet to uh, work for Luthen. Where's Dodana and all this? You know, is he ready to get, mm-hmm. is he left the Imperial Navy? All those kind of things just speak to more storytelling in this huge, huge galaxy. Uh, I also love going to Tatooine. I love going to Endor. I want more of that too. I'm not one of those, but um uh, it, it, uh, all that could mean anything or it could just mean what it is a name, but the Hosnian prime 
is important. Uh, I love the use of that. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I think, I think maybe that's why I'm sort of fixating on it is that one of the things I love about star Wars storytelling is it's this vast, vast, uh, playground and it is connected sometimes in deep, meaningful way. Ryloth is a planet that the spirit of the people is always going to rebel. So that that's mm-hmm. meaningful. That's not just a name check, right? Uh, yeah. It has meaning. It connects directly to others' stories. Uh, but then these other things are kind of like little shout outs for like, yep, this this little bit of storytelling is valid. That's a part of the playground and we can explore it more maybe someday. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like from that perspective, all of the Star Wars storytelling that is going on right now is invested in the idea that this is a connected universe and all this stuff is happening at the same time. And I think maybe what's being debated between fans is like, how explicit do you want that? Do you Mm. want Darth Vader to show up? Um, Or do you want it to be in the background of a transit announcement so you can ignore it if you want? (laughs) So I feel like it is the same thing. Just uh, this Mm -hmm. is maybe a two on the dial and Vader showing up as an 11, you know? Yeah, I like that. It's it's the reference dial. We'll we'll create that. (laughs) The reference dial. Speaking of that, of course, as you mentioned, in Luthen's gallery, we have a lot going on. We have some Mando armor, the Calicori. I'm sure there's a ton more. But the thing that he explicitly shows Mon Mothma is the Utapauan monk cudgel, which is just a great fun thing to say. Uh, I I, I like to imagine the Grand Inquisitor using this to hit people who make fun of his head shape. Uh, (laughs) How did you feel about any 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 specific uh, comments or thoughts on well, his art gallery collection? Yeah, going to what I was saying earlier about some of the meanings uh, of the art he's collecting or the art he has. Um, she, because true to Mothma, like, hey, I'm trying to, you know, have my husband uh, collect things that aren't uh, tools of war, which keeps with a lot of her um, thoughts. But what what's, I want to know more of that story uh, of what could be going on in Utapa, what was that used for? What time in their history? Was it another uprising? Um, I don't think Mothman's wrong, but I'd love to know the whole story. Yeah. No, I, I think it was, it, it does have meaning. And I think you really brought it out by pointing out the Mando armor in the, in the Calicori that, you know, the art gallery could have been coded as here are things we dug up on ancient planets from civilizations that are long, long gone. But right. it's not that, right? Right. It's not that. <laughs> it's, we recently crushed the Mandalorians and took all of their sacred Beskar. And here's some of it at a fancy store where we chuckle and buy things for our spouses, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's a powerful distinction. Uh, moving on here to, to the final chunk here is just uh, everything going on. And uh, perhaps my favorite scene uh, in this episode, the Mothma versus Perrin lousy husband uh mm. there's a lot of great stuff that gets shouted out uh the the buddy from back in the day who's coming over is the governor of hannah which i assume is uh hannah city on chandrilla which is the mm. future home of the new republic senate so that's just great some great uh connected storytelling uh the people who have been damaged by the policies of the empire are the gorman uh they are later mentioned in rebels by mothma as being victims of imperial tyranny so that's just mm. another little bit of uh connective tissue uh, but Sly Moore, let's go. Um, <laughs> when we, we, I can't, I think we got a question a little while back in a Q and A we were talking about like, should Andor have all these connections? And, and I think, uh, you and I both felt like, yeah, we, there are people who might pop up like yeah. Masamita in his, his wild flapping angry tongue, <laughs> uh, 
would show up in in Mothma's life, and yeah. and here he is, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, n- the the person who works in his private chamber, Sly Moore, the weirdo, scary goth, the space bald alien, yeah, <laughs> is is being name checked not because you know I think we're kind of the weirdos who would be like Sly Moore, yes, yes, <laughs> right, like the vast majority of people are like, ah, Sly Moore, she's been on lunchboxes since I was a child. Yeah, Why yeah. can't we move on to the new, you know, uh, this, these are people who are popping up because it's a connected universe. And it's so exciting to me. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be, um, I don't want to say, yeah, I, I just really want to see that dinner. <laughs> just really oh. need to see that dinner. Yeah. Cast Sly Moore. And, uh, that'd be great. Mm, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And I think for me, there is also just a, <laughs> I pulled up a picture. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll slide more <laughs> it, really drilling into my eyes. Um, mm. So I, I think uh, for me, there's also just a little bit of that. Like, yeah, I, I, I love the honest connection to the prequels, right? Uh, in, mm. in Sly Moore is definitely design wise on the more kind of pulpy over the top side of things right and yeah I, I love the idea that she could show up and you know a little bit more grounded you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna get like, the dark grounded gritty version of Sly Moore <laughs> exactly and then uh the other name listed Ars Danger mm-hmm. uh is uh in the uh Tarkin novel and the Catalyst novel uh, the the Wikipedia page Wikipedia page for Ars Danger is fun uh, it is not confirmed, but Ars Danger is speculated to be one of the Imperial dignitaries, in particular, the one that looks like uh, he's wearing a Smurf hat. So I really hope <laughs> that we get to see this dinner. Oh, man, that'd be great. And then you're one, you're one step closer to Palpatine. Yeah. You're bringing all of Palpy's friends over. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. All right. Any other canon thoughts from you? Uh, did, did we talk about Starkiller? I know a no. lot of people. Yeah, Starkiller's helmet or an armor's in that background. That's the one that's on display ah. there, too. Uh, I had to point it out. I, I, I love the first one. The second one, I know a lot of people don't love either. Um, uh, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't engaged in it in a long time. So uh, I had to be, it had to be pointed out to me. Um, and that's one's, you know, trying to trace the story of Star, Starkiller. It does keep in line with some of the stuff, whether or not it be got, that it can't, a lot of it can't be canon, but, um, it, it it tracks with the Luthan and what he'd have on display. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense, and that is a that's a blind spot for me. So thank you for bringing that up because I have uh, I played uh, I never played those video games. Yeah, and, about, I, I, and to be clear, at this point, we'll wait for the videos to roll out. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it is the armor; it is inspired by for sure, very mm-hmm. clearly, very clearly. But uh, yeah, again, could represent that as well. But a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that is awesome. All right, let's move on to our favorite action moments. <laughs> um, uh, yep, uh, and uh, and maybe let's just use this to discuss action. Um, I I think that there's maybe one moment of of action uh, with without being cheeky about it and turning a conversation into action because you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of great conversation with action behind it. But I'm talking yeah, yeah. about like you know. Uh, laser fights uh ships <laughs> uh lightsabers right um yeah that is a big big part of star wars that it is a you know pulp adventure uh where you don't go too long without something exciting happening um how do you feel that we're getting full episodes with n- n- almost nothing that could be considered action it, are you okay with it just being like mm-hmm. hey there's variety in star wars and this is the yeah. one of the ways we're gonna have variety uh, I actually really love it. I mean, I, I have, um, 
I have rewatched episode three of this show a lot um, because of the action. Well, but it has action in it, but I, 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 it's not necessarily because of it, right? It, mm-hmm. It's the stakes, it's the tension, it's how how it's played. I love the acting in the series. Um, I, I'm on I'm, I'm board for that. I, I can already tell you, like I, I'm Jones in to finish with you here and go watch Mothma and her husband argue. I could watch 45 minutes of that. It's its own kind of action and it has this kind of place. And you and I love the pulp. You and I love Rise of Skywalker's pulp and speed and momentum. Mm-hmm. We love that. We love Solo for that. Um, I love all of that. But I, I think that this show choosing to slow down in certain parts and highlight the importance of what's going on. It isn't just this fight between a husband and wife. Uh, and, uh, it's like it's a domestic sitcom. No, man, it's what's there. And that it's its own action. It really is. We had last week, I was you know talking about, you know, Marva's mm, and not answering the corpo is, uh, is action in of itself here. I think there's uh, putting on a Luthan putting on a wig is action. And so, yes, that that's blurring the definition. I know what people mean by the pew, pew, pew. And I can't wait to get to it. Cause you know, what's going to come the tie fighters flying were perhaps the most action moment in the show. And it was well done. It was haunting that sound that we're so familiar with took on uh, an additional meaning for me this time around. So I, I am really enjoying where this is. Uh, cause I know we'll get to, uh, the actual action in a bit. Yeah. And, and I think the fact that what we're watching events being planned that are going to explode into action and meaningful action, the, you know, the, the attempted heist and the stealing of the, the credits, you know, is coming. We are building to that in this. That's what makes this a, a spy thriller that there are almost moments where people consider taking an action, a big action, and they're literally being watched. Like I love that scene where Cassian uh, looks at the flight controls and thinks about stealing the ship and the ship yeah. itself looks at him. Right. And, and I, I'm fine with it. Having <laughs> that tension. Um, I'm, I'm, cons- I'm, I'm curious to see what the rhythm of the episodes are going to be. If it's going to be like, there are two episodes without much action and the third uh, episode I- explodes into action. Mm-hmm. And if that pattern is going to repeat or if like next week uh, they'll, we'll, we'll begin the raid and, and action yeah. will explode. Um, I'm fine with variety in Star Wars. I do think the action and the thrill of it is one of the important ingredients, uh, but I don't mind something different. And I agree yeah. with you that the TIE fighters wishing by, that was my favorite. <laughs> and I think only traditional action yeah. moment, uh, yeah. maybe Cassian wincing in pain. Uh, from, yeah, uh, yeah, medical treatment, but even that's stretching it for me. Yeah, the sound of uh, Gorn on his speeder bike—that classic speeder sound—is always fun. But that that Tie Fighters in action, um, having to duck down—it it just worked for me, man. It was fun, yeah. uh, fun to hear. It it, it 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 took a sound that we know well and made it truly terrifying because of yeah. the character's yeah. fear. So I thought that was a great action moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more moments of comedy and whimsy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, some of it uh, darker. Uh, mm-hmm. comedy but definitely some great moments so ken what are some of your favorite moments of comedy and whimsy in this episode yeah gosh i'm looking down at my note i forgot to write down a lot of lines i'll tell you what the third time i watched this episode uh i didn't do notes i was like i just gonna want to watch i don't i want a second washing over um <laughs> and i was gonna do a little more of this but uh, i'll say this i'll go to chief hind uh but i had nothing to do with this it's just one of the best like lines and then it has great purpose uh, Blevins coming and then and then uh sergeant uh what's his name uh mosk 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 saying uh raising his hand and Blevins goes seriously just great <laughs> that that is um excuse me that is such a great <laughs> moment uh of comedy yeah. 
Uh, it's yeah. got almost like this Three Stooges vibe where you're seeing things. We saw things from their perspective, and it was, and it was scary from the Corpo's perspective. But from Blevins' perspective, like, mm-hmm. you bumbling fools. And, yeah, Hein, mm-hmm. but I had nothing to do with this. And <laughs> Blevins says, well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> makes that great speech about ineptitude and irresponsibility and then the hand raise. The great thing is, is I think the comedy of that really comes from, we, we've heard Mosk bloviate so much, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he thinks he's going to do that again. He thinks he's going to, you know, manipulate uh, Blevin the way he manipulated Karn with these great mm-hmm. speeches. about the only way to keep the knife sharp is to use it. And Blevin's like, you would even consider speaking to me? <laughs> uh, very, very funny. Uh, what are some other moments for you? Uh, a lot of the Lutheran stuff. I mean, this episode starts with a great line of, well, it's been a day of surprises for all of us. Uh, just he's hitting on all cylinders, man. Yeah, Lutheran is yeah. something else. Absolutely great. Um, so, some moments of comedy or whimsy for me. Uh, I, I really like the goats with just extra horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was one of those moments where it, it felt like, yeah, no, it's Star Wars. You know, a lot of the animals are kind of similar to other animals. It's like, uh, these are goats, but they got more horns. Don't worry about it. That's yeah. Space goats. <laughs> Space goats. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, I really love some of uh, Mothma and uh, Luthen's kind of uh, fake banter, fake mm-hmm. pleasant banter when uh, Mothma is talking about, well, you know, I have to get this thing from my husband because it's his day of days. It's a Shandrillin custom, one of our many. And Luthen says, yours is a rich history. And Mothma says, well, that's a kind way of putting it. <laughs> uh, which is just like this kind of uh, sort of barb about culture that is maybe passive aggressive, kind of mm-hmm. trying to have a sense of humor about your own culture that Mon Mothma is like, we make a celebration out of everything. Yeah, uh, and it, it used to be criticized about it. That that all just really struck me. It reminds me of some of the uh, the way that um, Minnesotan culture talks about itself and is both very defensive of itself, but also pokes fun at itself, but does not <laughs> like other people poking fun at it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure similar to many cultures, but that's the one I've experienced. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's so many great lines uh, between Mothma and her husband Perrin, but I really liked the. Uh, the cutting end of their conversation where parents says, there's rumors you bought me a present. <laughs> Mama says it's going back. Go back. <laughs> oh, parent. What a lop. Ah, uh, he's something special. Yeah. Yeah. And it, oh, man, I can't wait to see if you get more. Um, I, I said earlier that I really like Nemec. Uh, I, I lovingly mm-hmm. called him the space nerd. I love that he is coded a little bit uh, mm-hmm. for comedy, right? We have a lot of people who are, you know, yeah, look uh, big and, and strong physically and, and emotionally um, and leaders and fighters. And, yeah. and, and Nemec uh, says, um, you know, lots of a little bit more softer things. He's the, he's the person who really welcomes Cassian and is mm-hmm. willing to believe him. But <laughs> the mm-hmm. fact that he's built a model uh, to demonstrate their plans and of this horrific thing that has happened and then I love that they take the time to acknowledge it uh, when the part is being lifted. And he says, I'll do it. It's fragile, that piece. The ring gets into the glue. And then later <laughs> he says, obviously, it's not the scale. <laughs> yeah. I just love having like a model nerd in Star Wars. Well, look, yeah, you got a lot of, uh, you know, tough kind of grizzled folks here in the fight, including uh, Luthen when he's on the ground and uh, what we saw on Ferrex. And, and it just represents it. It definitely takes all kinds. It's community. The fact that he's uh, asleep is very, you know, I can empathize uh, with that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I, but the, he's the first to, to trust in a way. He's the first to recognize 
what is there inside Andor, and he's part of the fight. It takes all kinds. You and I think that's part of the value of the story of Jar Jar Binks. It's part of the value of the story of the Ewoks. Uh, a screaming porg. It takes all kinds for this fight, and and I think it was important to have the character as well as some great moments. Just that kind of well, after actually fifty two, fifty two, whatever. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. He he's he's the little he's the little detail guy, and I say that uh, with love is another little detail guy. Yeah. Um, in Andor's uh, "Can I Eat My Food" was was funny, and you know I want to give yeah. credit to Diego Luna. I don't think he's going to be handed a ton of jokes, uh, but he's great at delivering them, and that line was really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, though, right. though it was it was unfortunate because the music started playing. I was like, "Oh, we're going to end on this, huh?" All right, so I have to go back and appreciate that a little more. <laughs> it's very funny delivery because it's a legitimate confusion. Like, you want me to start doing all this right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I like, the, but food. I like that. They're, yeah, they're like, "No, no, eat your food," you know, and then get all of it down into your brain. Yeah, yeah eat your food, uh, change your bandage, and then do your homework by next yeah. week. Dun dun dun. Uh, you already mentioned a great Luthan line, but did you have any other favorite Luthan lines or noises this week? Uh, I I loved the transition of him putting on his uh, his uh, his gear, so to speak, and the hands and everything. I don't know, maybe it's because uh, uh, I have a sketch comedy background like you as well. It's been years for me, but I just had that feeling of uh, you know getting dressing. Oh, right, here's my hands. Here's the words I say. The laugh has great meaning, ties to the themes, but. Just watching him do that. Plus, having seen some of the or read some of the stuff in the interviews, Gilroy talking about Stellum saying, Oh, I got it. It's in the hands. That's the difference between the two characters. Uh, uh, I really just love seeing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I used to jokingly say to some of my sketch uh, partner, uh, uh, sketch comedy partners, of like, uh, you need a hat and hands. Mm hmm. <laughs> A, a, a different hat in different hands is an entire character and you're good. That's all you need. It really is. <laughs> so it was great to see Luthen do that. And I loved all his chuckles that were borderline manic, right? Yes. Like, uh, but yes. so of that person of like, I'm going to make sure everything's pleasant no matter what. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. great. Uh, so uh, I, there was a, a line I love for him in his art uh, dealer facade when he's showing her the Udabawan uh, monk cudgel. He says, a treasure for the true aficionado. Aficionado. <laughs> it's you, an aficionado. Yeah. Uh, but my, my favorite is the sudden turn. I love all the, yep, we'll, we'll distract the driver with coins. We'll go into the mm -hmm. back office. And the way he drops the mask so suddenly and violently. And he's like, if you get delivered, I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Can't forage forever. Yeah. So great. So great. Uh, we continue to celebrate Luthen here oh, at Force Center. Just the best. Is there anything that we haven't touched on this episode that you wanted to? No, I think we got it all. I, I you know, I, I, the the we talked to uh, on Cyril and his mom, and I think just because some of the interviews we 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 knew this moment was coming, and maybe mm -hmm. some more of them. But I'm fascinated to see. It's part of my predictions for next week. I just want them to have a nice, quiet, sit down meal full of love and support. That's what I'm hoping for them, right? <laughs> Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to shout out again is the music. I feel like we really yeah. heard that different uh, opening uh, the with the Andor and that that great looks like mm. a moon with the light side that becomes the sort of early rebellion yeah. uh, symbol. But this was a different different music, uh, much more assertive, a lot of drums, a lot of energy, uh, a lot of it felt like, are you in or are you out is what the music was saying. Really yeah. great stuff. Let's mm -hmm. talk about predictions for in hopes for next episode because my first one is quality Karn family time. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we do have hints. We got that great interview uh, with the actor playing uh, Edie Karn. 
mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, Cyril Karn as well um, about the sort of pressure that has been put on him by his mother. Um, but I'm so fascinated to see uh, that they live on some lower levels. There was a very mm-hmm. much, you know, real world. This is not an illustrious place to live on Coruscant. Did they? Is that what what he his his mother is pushing him to uh, mm-hmm. rise above? Uh, in in quote marks mm-hmm. uh, uh or is this something they have fallen to that he he is trying to restore them i think that's all going to mm-hmm. tell us a lot about him and i'm really excited for it yeah just open to the direction that they go you get a lot with his um you know tight hospital hospital quarters corners haircut and approach to life and the high strong you you could see where maybe some of it uh where they might want to go but i'm just really interested and again i i i, I don't think we're experiencing a redemption story again could be wrong um, I, I think we're experiencing maybe a hardening story, <laughs> like hardening mm-hmm. your thoughts, uh, and just seeing where it, it comes in. And there could be some valuable lessons. And I think great comedy in that too. So overprotective mom comedy, sign me up, but also <laughs> the things behind it and just his face, uh, you know, uh, not feeling sorry for him, but when Blevins stripping them of everything and sending them back and you lost your job, you did, you, you shut down the company essentially. Um, and him, you know, you got you got Hind. I'm, I didn't do anything, and you know, uh, Mosk with a Mosk with a question, but you got Karn there, just like it's it's he's imploding even more, and it's just I'm loving Kyle Solar in this role. Yeah, no, that 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 was the face of someone uh, facing their greatest fear, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was like, oh man, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, uh, with Hind, and like, no, uh, I've entirely lost all power, been stripped of everything. You know, and, and yeah. it's a fascinating character. He went there to get power, right? He went yeah. there to get control over other people. He had his control taken away, and now he's being stripped down and, and sent home. Whew, that is yeah. fascinating. I can't wait for that. I'm also excited yeah. to see uh, if we're going to keep getting little revelations about uh, Luthen's backstory, and in particular, what personally has motivated Luthen, right? Mothma is fascinating to me because she made this choice to be a a leader and to lead with empathy. And she takes that seriously and she's not backing down from it. Maybe we'll get more of her personal life, but that that is who she is, right? But Luthen, we don't know. He seems uh, scarred to the soul by something that has made him say, this is unacceptable and I will sacrifice anything to bring the empire down. And I would so yeah. want to know what that is. Yeah. You were mentioning the conversation with, with uh, Andor in the third episode, just, uh, just kind of, even though he's not on the same level of, of Cassian and come from the same background, there's something that he gets, something he's connecting to. And again, him being an older character in this timeline, he can stretch back a few years, you know, who does mm-hmm. he know what hurt him? Uh, fascinated by it. Yeah, absolutely great stuff. Um, looking forward to it all, as well as just some fun noises from Luthen. Mm, uh, we like to wrap up <laughs> uh, by talking about what merch we might want based on these episodes. I can't wait to see. Uh, there's already been a couple of Andor action figures, but to see what rolls out from this gritty, grounded Star Wars show. But what merch would you want based on this episode, Ken? Yeah, I definitely think we need the recipe uh, on, on how to make uh, Mednog. So maybe, uh, maybe like a Jennifer Landa or uh, Bonnie Barton, our friend. She does a lot of good uh, arts and crafts and that kind of stuff. That'd be great. I just want how to make Mednog. Uh, maybe a, a Landa TikTok, and I'll oh. down in that. I have a that back thing still going on with me. I'll Mednog myself to sleep. Look, if I can uh, slug medicine out of a flask, <laughs> man, 
I'd be very, very happy for that. Uh, a <laughs> couple other things uh, that I want is uh, I just want to be sure to mention this. Uh, I, 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 blue is my favorite uh, color. Um, I want Mon Mothma's awesome blue space car. I don't care if it's Hot Wheels. Mm. My preference is mm-hmm. it's a three and three quarter action figure set where you get Mon Mothma, her garbage yeah. husband, in the awesome car. Yeah. <laughs> but that car was amazing and I, I want to own it. It, it was a great design. So slick. So oh, blue. Yeah. Yeah. Classic uh, from the prequel uh, era in, in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Carrying that kind of high society thing. Yeah. No, love that idea. Good action playset. Ma- a major part of Zog. I, I definitely. I definitely need as well. Yeah. And we, we need a, we need a dress your Luthan doll set, right? That comes with oh, that yeah. amazing, uh, just sort of, uh, space closet he has. And you can, you can mm-hmm. choose which Luthan you're presenting to the world. So dramatic when all that came down to the, 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 you know, the, the, the shelves coming down. It was so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yes. Get a full play set. Uh, batteries included. Batteries included. And my final one is I think that Lego sets are great, uh, mm-hmm. but I would like uh, Nemec, uh to release a handmade model kit of the oh. brothel from episode one. I think that everybody would enjoy that. What, that That's amazing. I also think we need him um, to do like a Star Wars canon YouTube channel where he's just painting <laughs> miniatures and doing art, like doing models. But he's in character. So we're getting can- it's a it's a canon story. Yeah, that's what I want. Absolutely. Uh, Nemix Twitch channel. Yes. That would be a thing of beauty. Absolutely. All right. That is our big look at episode four of Andor Ken. Where can people find us? Hey, we are the Four Center Podcast V. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for this discussion. We dive deep and hope you enjoy it. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Live YouTube QA coming up. Uh, Friday, September 30th. Wow, we're already there. So hopefully y'all can join for that if you're listening to us right now. We're on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Just search. You'll find us. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. A lot of you listen to the very end because I know because some of you have come to my comedy shows. Go to kedapsuck.com to get information. <laughs> On my upcoming comedy shows uh, with headliner Mark Ellis, I'll be following him around to New York City in October 6th and 7th, La Jolla down there outside San Diego, 14th through 15th, and then October 28th up in Seattle at a great club called The Crocodile. Uh, more dates on the way as well. So uh, check out that at com. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com to links to all sorts of other things. Uh, if you are going to be in the Portland, Oregon area from October 7th through the 9th, I will be at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. A short uh, horror film I made is going to be uh, playing there and I'll be doing a, a, a couple of uh fun surprise things at the convention as well. Also, a ton of listeners have been uh, very kind in answering the call of uh, subscribing to my YouTube channel, watching some more things so I can get that channel uh, monetized again. If you're interested in that, you can just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw and I will pop right up. Uh, But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Luthen's wig, this has been the Andor Report.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.